0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to draft week and welcome back to the dogs of war podcast number one Browns podcast on the planet. You got Kevin and Raleigh and for the fifth straight year we welcome back a very special guest who comes on at least twice a year. Our good friend Conard for the fifth annual pre-browns draft special our friend connor for those of you that are new to the show uh does more mock drafts than maybe anyone alive all year round 12 months he also comes on to help us preview the nfl fantasy season every year in which a lot of you rely on to make your picks he has done uh some pretty impressive picks on this show over the past several years most notably my favorite was when he called out JOK. Before we drafted him, but Connor, sir, thank you for joining us. And how are we doing?
1: Good, good. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. Good to be back. Hey, good
0: to have you. Let's get into it. It is what most Browns fans would call our Christmas, our Super Bowl for most years. But this year, and we'll get into it, why people are freaking out that we don't have a number one draft pick, our number first round draft pick for the second year in a row. Um, but we'll get right into it. This year, in the year of our Lord, 2023, the Browns have eight draft picks, by my math. The first one is not coming to the second round, number 42, which we got from the Jets. I just lied. We traded number 42 to the Jets for Elijah Moore in the third round pick number 74, which will be the Browns first pick on Friday night, uh, followed by pick number 98, the third round number 111 in the fourth round in the fifth round, we have number 140 and 142 and then rounding out the sixth and seventh rounds with picks number 190 and 229 respectively no one's supposed to remember that there's no quiz but again we start off in the third round Friday night number 74 Mr. Conard first talk to uh, how did you uh would you grade Andrew Barry's offseason moves how did that change if at all what you think our biggest needs are going to be on Friday night for our first pick
1: yeah yeah I think we had a a pretty stellar off season, really. I, I loved, uh, loved the signings on the edge, defensive tackle. We we really don't have any glaring needs going into the draft, which is nice. We can kind of pick for best available player, get some developmental guys, you know, kind of not not have our hands forced anywhere. And, and just, you know, whoever f- kind of surprisingly falls out around, Round two, we can snap him up in round three and, and get some good value there. So pretty happy with that. And uh you yeah, know, I think the the trade out of the second round pick into the third for Elijah Moore was an absolute steal. Um, you yeah, know, it's a pretty weak wide receiver class. We needed help there. Um, you know, loved him coming out of the draft. He was uh, you know, he's still only twenty three. He's uh high-end athlete. I think he tested like 86th percentile versus, you know, the the people in his draft class. But he also tested amongst, you know, everybody in the NFL. He's like 92nd in terms of his speed. He burned like a four, three, five, 40. He had 97th percentile agility drills. You know, there's a lot of tools to work with there still that, um, you know, 23 years old, you know, he's, he's got a lot of room to grow as a player. And, uh, yeah, I think he also doesn't have a lot of overlapping skills with, with an Amari Cooper or a Donovan Peebles-Jones. They're all kind of have very clearly defined roles in the offense. So he, he slots in there very nicely. So um, you know, to only drop back 30 spots and um, you know, not even lose a draft pick, you love that. So
0: question, do you cause this is where some people have been debating, do you are you high on him? Are are a lot of people high on Elijah Moore? because of the sense that it's better than us drafting a rookie wide receiver and praying he can do something like a David Bell or uh, a Schwartz or do people look at it and be like he was just in a bad situation in the Jets and this kid really is solid regardless not even comparing him to you know picking a first or a rookie wide receiver instead
1: yeah I mean I I think a big part of it is relative to this draft class he's you know, a yeah. stronger prospect than a lot of the guys. I mean, there there's some pretty big flaws with, with each of the wide receivers at the top of this year's draft, um, maybe outside of JSN from Ohio State, you know, although even the knock on him is he only plays slot, really. He doesn't play outside, so, you know, he's a little positionally limited, and then the other guys are just, you know, like 170 pounds, like all of them. <laughs> which is, you know, very, very small, slight frames, different buildings. like me and Raleigh and alpha guys. Yeah. <laughs> I nice. wish I was a hundred and seven. Hey,
0: uh, side note. I keep seeing Smith, the jig, mock mocked to the Steelers. And I it just I just want to go on record saying I would not like that. That's all. Hey, um, so let's get into it. There's, I'd say there's a pretty good consensus. And I think Andrew Barry pretty much said in his press conference a few days ago that we're going D line with this pick. Uh, it, Would you agree? Where are you at with this number 74 on Friday night?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I guess one other thing I do want to say first, uh, going back to kind of trading, you know, all of our early picks away is the consensus is this is a a pretty weak draft class in general. So not just at the wide receiver position, but you know, I I heard quotes from two different GMs, you know, anonymous that I, uh, that I saw, but, you know, 16 or 17 people for each of them with first-round draft grades. So, you know, uh, if we are going to burn our first-round pick on our franchise quarterback and, you know, some receiver help for the second, this is a pretty good year to do it. So um, with it being a weaker class, I also wouldn't be shocked if we ended up trading another one of our draft picks for that defensive line help that we're looking for. I mean, if you think about it, We have eight picks. We have 53 guys that make the active roster and we're trying to win now. So, you know, I don't necessarily see us using all eight of those picks. Um, you know, I I don't think we've got room on the roster to be frank. So.
0: I wanted to ask you that too is again, there's, I think a lot of people are a consensus that we are all in a B and those guys aren't going to come out and, and say it in so many words, but when the Rams a couple of years ago signed away, traded everyone and gave up the house to win now. And they did, that was very obvious, right? Just because of the names and the talent and the capital they gave up and whatnot. We're all in right now. We're not trying to stack up for the next couple of years. We're all in now and we're seeing our window is the next two, three years. Would you agree?
1: I would say maybe more three to, well, yeah, next year through, like, let's call it four years or okay. so. You know, we've got – we've still got a super young roster, I think. You know, very – if not the youngest roster in league, one of. And, uh yeah, you know, our, our whole core of, of solid players has a couple years left on contracts, I believe, so. Uh, where, do
2: you, where do you
0: go with – the? okay, now let me – I love Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um I think JOK has a high ceiling. I like Greg Newsom a lot, even though he doesn't have a reception or interception yet. The knock on Andrew Barry is that he hasn't found any, outside of Martin Emerson maybe, gems or pro bowlers yet with, he, with how he drafts. What are your thoughts on his drafts overall? Um, and I guess the, the, with our roster being on paper stacked as it is, with having a franchise quarterback now is a lot of the pressure off for this draft in general, because it really is for more rotational players.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I do think we're able to, you know, it doesn't have to be rotational, but we can, you know, we can, Development, for, sorry. we can swing for the fences for sure. You know, like if it's a guy that is all athletic tools and young and, you know, he may take a year or two to kind of find his way and settle into the NFL. We, we have the cushion to do that. And so, um, I don't know if that makes this even more of a, a boom bust type of draft than than normal, where you know we really take some swings on people, especially you know having two thirds, two fourths, two fifths. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of room to maybe you know take some highly productive guys, but also you know take some some at bats on just super high end athletes and, and see if we can get them to learn how to play better football
2: (laughs) kind of tying into what kevin just said about barry and his criticism on defense i really 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 hope it's all joe woods's fault it's like statistically you would think one of the players he's drafted on the defensive side of the ball would have gotten better and really none of them have Maybe Newsom is solid. He hasn't had a pick, but he's got, I don't know, good coverage grades according to PFF. So I'm I, not to undermine the whole point of this episode as we're talking about the draft, but the only thing that matters, the only two people that matter are Deshaun Watson performing and Jim and Schwartz you. turning around the entire defense. And you, Raleigh. And us. Three. Yeah. No, three, not me. You're four. Connor, you're tied with four. I don't want my name anywhere okay. near
0: this team in terms of uh blame that's uh, a fair hot take though the two people that matter
2: most I think are Watson and Schwartz
0: absolutely and I guess you could tie in either one ABC uh play calling by Stefanski but we can get in that Riley. we have a whole summer to talk about that <laughs> but yeah. great points but great points no I agree um Conard question. You said there's not many glaring areas on the roster. I would agree that there's nothing like red hot on fire. Um, Except I think the closest thing that people will say is the linebacker core is, I guess, the closest thing we have to a very big position of need. I'm not, I'm saying D line right now on paper, we got patched up. Um, We don't know how these guys are going to perform yet. Going to give the benefit of the doubt until we see otherwise. But what are your thoughts on the current linebacker core? Um, especially when you think about Walker and Taki Taki coming back in off injuries.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The injury part is what concerns me there. Cause I I do think they were playing decently well before they just got completely decimated, you know, throughout the season. So, um, yeah, super physical position, you know, guys coming off ACLs. That's not necessarily what we're looking for. So definitely want to see them grab a guy or two there. And I do think, uh, in that third fourth round range there's going to be a bunch of guys that kind of fit the Andrew Berry profile on what he typically looks for so um definitely agree linebackers up there and i do i do think we need still a little bit more depth on defensive line probably another developmental pass rusher Maybe another run suffered because we were a sieve through the middle, you know, most <laughs> of the season. So um <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't hate to see that there either. And then, um, yeah, the offensive line, especially at tackle, um, you know, for me personally, you know, Jedrick Wills seems to have a lot of ability. He seems to give up on plays a lot, though, and is a little frustrating. Uh, and And Conklin's coming off. he's getting up there in age and coming off injury as well so um you know a good development And i do think james hudson's actually pretty solid you know as a guy that can bounce back to either one but i would still like to see a little bit of help there and maybe a third safety as well somebody that can maybe play nickel or um you know a little bit extra depth there so those are kind of my main areas but um i would also say this class is pretty deep at Cornerback at tight end at running back. Um, hmm. So if we do want to scoop some guys, not that it's a glaring need again, but um, but you can get some really good players, and that's ultimately what we want is, is good football players. So
0: a couple things on that. um First of all, I, there's a lot of people that have been freaking out the last couple drafts. Is like we don't have a first round pick. My God, what are we doing? What are we doing, guys? Deshaun Watson is our first round pick for the next several years. Like that is. We're good there. Everyone's got to relax on that front. Second thing, though, it's time for some of these guys to start stepping up. I mean, we got to start seeing some development out of these draft picks from you know one, two, three years ago. And I feel like a lot of these guys, a lot of the holes and needs that we have, are not just from injury, but it's from guys that we thought would be stepping up. A la the Togi eyes. The uh, there's a few more. Um, it just hasn't happened yet, has it?
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's that part of the you know. Uh, you know, I've mentioned this Andrew Berry draft profile a few times. Um, he does not like older players. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I th- there's a, a very funny chart where, you know, it's like age of the players we're drafting and the athletic scores, this relative athletic score, there's a guy online, his name's Kentley Kent Lee Platt, it's Twitter's math bomb. <laughs> he does these... Uh, Relative athletic scores for literally every, every player that's draft eligible, he he must put out a thousand of them a year, but um, it's always guys that are above an eight out of 10 on the relative athletic score. And our average age is like 21.6 or something like that. And so it's the Browns like way up in this left-hand corner. And then the whole rest of the NFL kind of skewed over, right? We're on an Island. So, um, but the thing about not drafting older players is you get guys that on his NFL ready, you know, in a lot of cases. So there's a lot more upside there, but there is not, um, yeah, they're not ready to step on the field right away in a lot of cases. And I think we've seen that. So um, I am curious to see, you know, I I was looking at uh, some of the guys we brought in for, for visits this year and uh, the one big outlier was actually at quarterback we three. brought three guys that are three guys 23 yeah 23 or 24 years old um you know so maybe we're willing to make an exception there um Tank Dell, a wide receiver out of houston is a little older prospect as well so it was interesting to kind of see a little a little bit more maturity on people coming in there so i don't know if we're changing our views there but um but yeah kind of interesting so
2: Before we get into the draft and the picks, uh, Raleigh has a Uh, question. So one of the bigger stories this NFL offseason is the Lamar Jackson situation kind of sitting in limbo. Uh, People are talking about – I've heard some people say, oh, he's going to be traded as soon as like the first round is over. I don't necessarily believe that, but – I'm not saying it goes without merit. D- do you have any thoughts on what's going to go down, if anything, with Lamar Jackson? Like, are, are all these teams just waiting for the draft?
1: I would absolutely love to see him get traded. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, yes. not super optimistic about that. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's kind of funny how we've put them in a very tricky spot with the with the Deshaun Watson contract and. You know, I think the fact that he hasn't finished a season and however many seasons makes that whole guaranteed money component pretty difficult for for other teams to swallow and unless he backs off of that and he doesn't have an agent telling him to back off of that um, i i I don't know that anybody's gonna pay up to to have to pay in that, so. He
0: turned down $200 million last September. You guys can look up the Schefter. I'm not talking to you guys, the listeners. Schefter, Rappaport tweets. He turned down $200 million guaranteed last September. Um, The contract Hurts just signed is less than what was offered to Lamar Jackson. I'm really getting sick of the narrative. I I don't care because I want Baltimore to suck, but I'm also just getting really sick of this narrative that the Browns are are screwing this whole thing up. No. Absolutely not. In two, three years, it's, kind of, it's going to look like a clown show, we hope,
2: compared to the new ones. <laughs> uh, kind of an interesting point that my buddy Nate brought up, who's kind of a stats nerd uh, in his own right. Uh, Lamar shooting himself in the foot and not having an agent is, how do I say it? Outside of the obvious of like, oh, deals he should take, deals he shouldn't take. But he suspects that there are teams that are nervous to even reach out to him because they don't know what they're gonna get, or like what type of volatility. Like sometimes, like we saw it with Baker. Like the Browns reached out to uh, Deshaun, and Dem- Baker immediately wanted a trade. Um, when Atlanta reached out to Deshaun, uh, what's his name? Washed up Atlanta quarterback, kind of force. Matt hand. Ryan. Matt Ryan goes to Indy. He wanted out as well, correct? And it's like, to even go to the negotiation table with Lamar, not having an agent, not knowing if it's going to be reasonable, what he's willing to uh, negotiate may keep people from reaching out to begin with. Does that make I think, sense? I just yeah. think a lot
0: of teams are are just certain that Baltimore is going to match whatever they offer. And yeah. also, the guy has not been, he has not played a December in like three seasons, those are two things that i think is keeping all teams away but i've been wrong many times before
1: yeah no. to the agent point i i think that is a good point like there's no behind closed doors negotiation going on you know what's what's this up uh, lamar jackson's in hey i just got off the phone with jim mercy of the colts you know and on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. like all of a sudden boom you know that's got all kinds of issues to deal with so yeah i, I do get that perspective but i don't know personally if i was the colts the falcons the titans you know, some of these teams, I would trade my first round pick in a heartbeat to get him. So we'll see what happens if the quarterbacks they want aren't there at those picks and, you know, whether that changes anything. But I, ultimately, I think 90 percent chance he's he's back in Baltimore and we're still dealing. Yeah, with him.
0: unfortunately, I believe so. Um, let's hop into it now. I know it's not very sexy to really be pumped up and talking about the third, fourth through seventh rounds. But, hey, it's Cleveland. It's what we do. Um really got one about, more year
2: of it after this. True, <laughs> it, it, it delete
0: or the de, yeah, minimum. So our first pick again Friday night pick number 74 in the third round. D-line or if not Connor wh- what are you thinking who are a couple players that uh you've got in the vicinity of that pick?
1: Yeah, so um again what what we're looking for, we want players that are under 23 years old. Uh Andrew Barry's only drafted three players in three years that are over 23. Uh, I think he would have put cement blocks on his feet and walked into Lake Erie if uh, he was around for the Brandon Wheaton trade. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ironically,
0: I almost said the <laughs> same myself. Yeah, right. <laughs>
1: but um, Yeah, does not like older players. So I'm looking at people that are under 23. Uh, we want that elite relative athletic score, something over eight. Uh, Andrew Barry had a funny quote about, uh, horse traits the other day. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, yeah, but you know, he likes elite skills in, in one area that he can put to work on the field, which, um, you know, I, I kind of agree with, and, you know, I do think we we'll, we maybe will trade out on one of these picks, get more picks for next year. So much more likely to trade back than trade up. And, um, he said he's got about 125 guys on his draft board. So um, I'll just go ahead and name 125 guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so they got, they got 125 guys. So half, half of them are gone. Uh, yeah. By the time we get to, we're not trading the the 74th pick. Let's just lock that one in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I, I do think so. Um, you know, at defensive tackle there, there's a, few guys like uh, Mozzie Smith out of Michigan, Gervin Dexter from Florida. It's a huge dude. He came in for a workout, uh, very athletic, 21. Uh, Keanu Benton from Wisconsin. I think if any of those guys drop, we're, we're going to run that card in. You know, that's uh, those are pretty easy calls. Same at linebacker. There's two guys that um, – Trenton Simpson and Jack Campbell. Trenton Simpson's out of Clemson, Campbell's out of Iowa. Um, they're projected all over the place in the different mock drafts. Some have people have them like, even in the back of the first round, some people have them in the third round. I think they're phenomenal athletes, really productive football players, same deal. You know, if, if there's a chance to get either of those guys, I think that's a no-brainer. of um, Adeboware. He's a uh one more time. <laughs> Are Tomiwa Are Boware is uh he's a defensive end, defensive tackle, kind of versatile line guy. Out yo,
0: of, yo, um, bring him Black Black on. Here. We will have the greatest yeah. name <laughs> roster ever.
1: Yeah. Sorry, yeah. continue. But he he's young. He was uh, you know, I think maybe the number one guy on the relative athletic score out of the defensive end prospects. Um again, projected all over the place. He, I think he's a little, maybe a tiny bit undersized for an edge guy. So he's, you know, in between, um, like lengthwise, not weight wise, but, um, but phenomenal athlete, he'd be an awesome pick, uh, developmental guys like Zach Harrison out of Ohio state, you know, he was a top recruit, huge dude, extremely athletic. Didn't quite put it all together for the Buckeyes, but is still super young and and um, you know could make a good developmental guy. Uh,
2: Every time you say developmental guy on defense, I'm like, well, <laughs> give me one guy, one guy that will develop. You know yeah, what I mean, no, just, what people also
0: know? people also forget like Travis Kelsey, third round pick, uh, the Seahawks Pro Bowl cornerback last year, fifth round pick, Tom yeah. Brady, seventh round you know i mean it's 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 possible i'm not saying please please don't expect one of those in this draft from the browns <laughs> please don't but i'm saying like it's not the end of the world here um sorry conard i got i've got two names on my list that you said so far so that's an a plus for me because i am the most clueless one about this i got i got zach harrison i got jack campbell um the other two that i have with question marks i don't it's the third and whatever uh Derek Hall from Auburn and then if we really want to get freaky and go wide receiver would be Mims from Oklahoma is that completely out of this world
1: no uh, I've got Derek Hall uh he fits all the criteria uh him Isaiah Foskey Zach Harrison were kind of the three other guys I had there um Mims I have a feeling is going to be gone yeah but uh I like him a lot. He's, you know, he's got a lot of speed to burn and uh, a lot of productivity. So yeah, if he falls, I think they'd have to think about it pretty hard. Um, I think, you know, from the receiver standpoint, there are, there are a couple of guys to look at, you know, maybe not even in the third, maybe it's the fourth round, but, um, you know, again, if we're looking at elite traits, uh, Trey Palmer out of Nebraska, is probably the fastest receiver in the draft. Um, he's got, you know, kind of eye popping speed. Any,
0: can he catch? Know. Cause right, I'm, right. I'm no, over that. I'm we
1: what, don't want another answer. Is Anthony but, uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't necessarily want another one of those. Yeah. He, he can actually, he can play some ball. So, um, not, not just a track star, although he was a track star, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Damn. And then another interesting name was uh, Kayshawn Butte. Um, I don't know how to say his last name, but hopefully Bute, because those, those T-shirts,
0: those yeah. T-shirts make themselves. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But LSU guy. I mean, going into the season, he was talked about as like a top ten pick, and he, uh, you know, didn't quite put it together. Ended the season early to prepare for the draft. I don't think he's had a super great uh, you know, whole pre-draft process, but phenomenal potential, huge production at, at LSU as you know as a sophomore, and so he looks he looks like a pretty interesting guy. You know.
0: And Andrew Berry's obsessed with LSU.
1: Yes, that is also true. That is also definitely true. So, um, receivers, I keep an eye on them. I keep an eye on Jonathan Mingo. Um, Ooh, he's actually got some size uh one of the very few guys that's you know tall jersey reuse baby yeah there we go there we go yeah love that if we can get him to wear a a 90 number right (laughs) (laughs) Which which is receiver eligible but uh yeah so he's he's a you know phenomenal height weight you know excellent athlete Played at Ole Miss with uh, with Elijah Moore, so we might have got a little scouting on him. Um, so yeah, he's he's one to keep an eye on. Um, Parker Washington out of Penn State, another guy that uh, you know is twenty one. Phenomenal agility numbers. He's got uh, you know some elite traits to work with too. So
0: what Qu- question.
1: That's wide receiver. Wide receiver. So, yeah.
0: So. Uh, Sorry to interrupt your question. So we've been talking about and has been the theme and what Andrew Berry does. Young guys with athleticism. We know his mold or his formula so far. He hasn't done anything differently for the most part. With Schwartz coming in, with Jim Schwartz proving that he's taken average to above average players and making them very good pro bowl caliber players, not every single one, but a lot. And just his ability. He loves him some D-line. Do you think when it comes to this whole thing inside Berea with the analytics versus the football guys with bringing in someone like Jim Schwartz and with this pick number 74 on Friday night, if there's, you know, two or three guys there that, you know, analytics likes one Jim Schwartz and the football guys like the other, do you think with bringing in Jim Schwartz, AB would maybe defer to the football guys in that instance?
1: I, I do think the later the picks get, the more willingness there is for that. Like, I, I think we really stick tried and true to that formula in the first couple of rounds, and then there's a little more leeway, you know, as the draft goes on. You know, it's it's not as consequential if, if we miss those picks necessarily. Yeah. So uh, so I do think, you know, maybe if there's some, some my guys that, you know, Jim Schwartz feels like he's got to have, then, um, you know, maybe we give him a little more uh, power on the draft board there, so um, yeah, like
0: that's what happened with Jed Wills. I, I maybe to a little bit they went analytics over maybe what was being whispered to them from a particular O line coach. I have no info source, anything on that. I'm just guessing, but
2: yeah, yeah. I, I would. What we were talking earlier about how much of the defenses god-awful performance over the years is on uh, Barry versus on uh, Joe Woods. At D-line, if you have a terrible scheme, you would think your players that are good players could still tackle somebody occasionally. You know what I mean? Like, like get a guy that knows how to tackle on the interior of the D-line. And analytics or it's likely that that's a total whiff on Barry. We
0: were dead last the last two years in D line, and even for the Browns, it is maybe impossible to do that three years in a row. <laughs>
2: Dude. See if we can do it, but then again, we did say one in 15 yeah. can't get any worse. Yeah, Dude, we do we, love to defy the odds, so. we're, we're due for another stat of misery.
0: Um, Conard, another thing people have been talking about and this isn't such a crazy thing is more running back depth. And then we briefly touched on quarterback, getting the fourth quarterback in here, at least for a camp arm, if not more, Um, again, we're talking third, fourth, uh, late round guys. Who are some names out of running back and quarterback, whether we visit with them or not, that, you know, maybe people haven't heard about, obviously we're not talking about the guys that everyone knows in the first round. Um, But who are some of the names that, you know, could be in those vicinities for us?
1: Yeah. So, you know, the quarterback we brought in three guys, um, all of them are a little bit older, so you know, 23 and two 24 year olds. So Clayton Toon, Dorian Thompson Robinson, and Jake Hayner. Uh, Tune and Tune and DTR are both guys that kind of have a similar skill set to Deshaun Watson. Not as good, obviously, but but guys that you know, if they're backing up, we could probably run a, a very similar offense. So. I think that was the idea behind bringing those guys in despite being outside of our age thresholds. And then Hainer's an interesting one. Um, all the you know, people absolutely love him in the, uh, the different scouting articles that I read. They said, you know, if he was two inches taller, he's about six foot, you know, um, if he was two inches taller. He might have been a late first, early second round pick. So um, just a good football player there. So. Uh, I think those are the you know those are the quarterback guys. I wouldn't mind seeing one of them in you know the the fifth sixth round. I'm not totally sold on Josh Dobbs or uh, certainly not Kellen Mond. So uh, <laughs> we'll see. You know, hopefully one of us will, will show us something here. And, and you know, they've uh, they've still got some good tools to work with, but uh, haven't haven't necessarily seen a ton on the field. Uh, Sorry, didn't mean to cut you
2: off. I think we were me. done. So, and sorry for this. We're going to play a game. Oh and boy. it's a game that only you can participate in, Connor, because you're the only one that might have this skill. And tell me if it's fair or if you're comfortable with this. I mean, you're going to do it one way or the other, but comfortable with <laughs> winning. Give me five names that you, like, think the Browns will likely pick that player at 172 over first overall whatever the hell pick we have. What pick do we have? The first one, 74. 74, excuse me. 74. Top 5 most likely guys going to the Browns. If you get one of them correct, I will send you a case of beer, something. Love a, foot, it. a football signed by Kevin. Love it. All right. Um And I'm prize. recording I'm recording this. I'm recording this. It's a good prize. This game's going to be sick.
1: All right, I'm going to pick Gervin Dexter, defensive tackle from Florida. Siaki Ika, defensive tackle from Baylor.
2: Don't know how to spell that.
1: Uh, going. We're going to go. Let's see, Zach Harrison, head from Ohio State. We're gonna go Nick Saldaveri, he's a tackle. Well, he can play tackle guard or center, which is helpful, uh, from Old Dominion. And Shout then, out ODU. Yeah. And then we're gonna go Wanya Morris. Tackle from Oklahoma. Those are my three. Dancers.
0: Solid. And hey,
1: so <laughs>
0: anyone, dude, if if you even get, I mean, come on, it's the third round. It's Friday night. You're not supposed to get a single one of these. So it'll be great if you do. You have in the past. But anyone out there like, oh, yeah, it's the third round. I This is for challenge anyone to try and get one.
1: But yeah, those are, uh, you know, one of the third round picks. Those guys are all. Oh, pretty interesting. Um, another guy to keep an eye on would be Cameron Mitchell. Uh, he's a cornerback from Northwestern. He played with Greg Newsom. They've been best friends since 11 years old. And so I assume
0: they work out together.
1: Yeah, like I got to think, you know, from from a couple perspectives. Um, I mean, he's a good player. He checks all the boxes in terms of what we're looking for. We probably scouted him already you know, while we were doing our research on, on Newsom. And if you put any credence into that whole, whether Greg Newsom was requesting a trade out or not, and we want to keep him happy and that kind of thing, like, you know, getting somebody he's got some chemistry with is probably good. Not that, you know, I don't know that he's earned like corner star cornerstone player that, that we need to cater to, but that's what uh, I said
0: on the last episode help, is, you know, I got n- nothing but love for him, but yeah dog when you don't have an interception into your third year you don't really get to dictate you know trade requests nothing no shade against greg Newsom. please yeah. yeah i love greg Newsom. this sky's the limit for him um before we let you go back to your regular life um everyone's talking about the texas running back who are some other running backs that could be down in those lower rounds that we again could be in the vicinity of our picks
1: I got a few for you. So my favorite of the bunch is probably Israel Abanaconda.
0: Yes. Give me all these names. Let's go.
1: <laughs> and hopefully I'm not butchering them. But, hey, um, hey. you know, hey. Uh, but, yeah, he's uh, he went to Pitt. He's 20 years old. He had 20 touchdowns last year. Uh, he scored, you know, 9.6 out of 10 on the relative athletic score. He looks pretty good. Um Dwayne McBride from UAB, another interesting guy to look at, um, you know, of of kind of the draftable prospects. He had the most yards and most yards per carry last year. He's 21 years old, tons of yards after contact. He's, he's kind of a beast. Uh, and he just has a, a bit of a fumbling problem, which we don't necessarily love, but you can probably coach that. Right. And, uh, and then two later round guys, uh, Evan Hole out of Northwestern. Phenomenal pass catching back. Um We love those. Yeah. He he caught like 55 passes last year. Um and you know, again, very athletic. And then Keaton Mitchell from East Carolina ran a four three flat. Uh again, very athletic. Look at these kind smaller of schools. So um, so yeah, those are those are kind of four guys. And then uh one other interesting one, I don't know that, you know. There's a guy named Deuce Vaughn out of uh, out of Kansas State that is not just because they both went to Kansas State, but catching a ton of Darren Sproles comps, which would be kind of a fun Ooh. little piece to, to toy with in the offense. Um, you know, the f- only pass-catching little kind of space player role, I think we kind of have some guys that can do that already. But um, yeah, if we're not happy with him, he's a good option. So.
0: I love anyone that can come in and watch chubbs work ethic and schedule and preparation um side note where are you have i don't know if i ever asked you this and follow up after last year what did you think about the jerome ford pick and where are you on him now i think i from everything i've read and heard they love him inside berea he's got the the pass catching that we're losing with hunt where are you with him where did you like that pick and do you still see a big spot for him on this team moving forward
1: yeah, I did like that pick a lot. He was a uh, you know, great pedigree. I think he was a super highly taught recruit. Started at Bama, went to uh you know, went to Cincy, played extremely well there. Uh he's obviously got some explosion. I think he returned some kicks for us last mm-hmm. year. And uh and yeah, you know, you you throw in good pass catching compliment. That's those are all things that we look for. So I, I do like I do like him quite a bit. And you know, if if we don't make a pick I wouldn't be, you know, if we've had this many picks, it wouldn't be shocking to see us grab somebody in the later rounds. But, um, yeah, he could definitely beat out a late-round pick, I think.
0: Um, Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: All
0: right, well, well, gentlemen, again, eight picks in this year's 2023 NFL draft, the first one Friday night, number 74, concluding with the seventh round, number 229, which would be no surprise if we don't have that pick and trade back into next year. Uh, D line, obviously, being the, the biggest area of need in terms of what we should be drafting first, which is the general consensus. Um, Connor, I have exhausted all my questions, and I know everyone,
1: most of the two more fun guys for you.
0: Pl- please. I was going to. My, my thing was going to. What did we miss? What did we miss that you wanted to cover?
1: So I got to give a shout out. Uh, Raleigh and I have both being uh, Miami Redhawks. We've got a former Miami Redhawk, Ivan Pace. He, Hell yeah. He transferred to Cincinnati. Um, oh, piece of shit. <laughs> he is a uh, like a aggressive blitzing linebacker. He had six sacks in a game as a freshman at Miami, uh, and was an All American. You know, dominated at the Senior Bowl. Pretty interesting guy. I think he's a little undersized, so he might drop a little ways. But certainly a very interesting piece to use on the defense if we've got the right plan for him. And then another Mac player, uh, Carl Brooks, out of Bowling Green. He did not uh, didn't get an invite to the combine, but led Bowling Green in sacks five years in a row, uh, which is pretty impressive. And he had 30 sacks in the last two years, so um, clearly, you know, he's got some some pretty good skills to work with there. Um,
2: is he young with a high athletic score and undersized? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I, if he played five years, I don't think he's that young. You know, components. but uh, but and I think he is a little undersized. So my my thought would be, you know, we take this like Siakihika guy who's this big uh you know kind of hulking, nose tackle type run stuffer, and then you pair him with a guy that is your slippery, you know, pocket pushing. Yeah, get to the quarterback type of defensive tackle like a Carl Brooks, and you've got a pretty pretty good combo there. So,
0: hey, shout out Maxion, baby!
1: Yeah, yeah, um,
0: I appreciate you guys bringing Miami to this. Um, want to give a quick shout out to my man Adam Troutman, uh, former University of Dayton flyer, was drafted in 2020 in the third round, tight end for New Orleans Saints. Um, just want to throw that tidbit out there. Yeah,
2: love it, love it. <laughs> Oh, this is a... We'll if we're talking
0: Miami, i am bring a date into the conversation. Yeah, everyone, well.
2: everyone knows this. <laughs> Like My final thoughts, particularly in the later rounds, there's plenty of good football players in the later rounds, but it's not a, did the Browns pick the right guy or the wrong guy, necessarily. Like This term gets used a lot these days. It's not a binary decision. <laughs> it's a matter of, did you pick a guy that checks the boxes and can he be coached to greatness where we can all be happy on Sundays occasionally. Whoever they pick, Jim Schwartz, Stefanski, just coach them, get the best out of the players you draft, develop them, win a goddamn make a playoff appearance. I'm not even saying win
1: a Super Bowl. We're trying to give the coaches the best ball of clay that we can, you know, Have them mold it into Greatness Talented individual player Into a Lombardi trophy Yeah Mold
0: it into eternal greatness Yeah Well, hey, Mr. Connard, I truly appreciate your time, sir As always Um, You take many hours uh, Out of my life In terms of having to do research For this stuff Or you save me many hours Of research having to do this So I appreciate it very much Um, Always good to have someone Who reads up on this All year round And can do this At the drop of a hat um, so, thank you very much, sir. Much appreciate it. And we'll obviously have you back on uh, for the fifth annual NFL fantasy episode.
1: Looking forward to it. And yeah, let's, uh, let's go out there and crush it on draft night.
0: Yeah, baby. Friday, <laughs> our summer Super Bowl. Let's go. <clears> thank <throat> you for listening to the uh, Dogs War podcast for Raleigh, for Conard, for myself. Thank you and good night, Cleveland.